And President Cyril Ramaphosa last night instructed the government to urgently implement the process of putting the struggling South African airways under business rescue. The airline has suffered a crippling strike last month and was forced to cancel a number of flights. And this, of course, pushed it to the brink of collapse. In a statement, the Minister of Public Enterprises, Praveen Gordhan, says that placing the airline uh, in uh, on business rescue is actually an optimal mechanism to restore confidence in SAA. And uh, to speak to us uh, further about this is Amina Akram, um, our uh, economics reporter. Amina, good afternoon. So SAA, how did we get here? Because uh, they, they've not made a profit since 2011, but now we're talking business rescue. Good afternoon to you and your listeners. This is a very, very sad um, sort of situation for South African Airlines because you must remember it's the national carrier. It's the pride uh, for, for the airways for South Africa. I mean, every country in Africa has this pride flagship airline. So it, the, the, the beginning of the end of this is quite sad for SAA just to start with. But let's just go a bit back to look at the financial crisis at the SAA, which started showing pockets of sort of um, financial difficulty as early as 2007. And this sort of robust, um, you know, sort of government trying to inject and trying to save this airline to the point where they can no longer inject any more fiscus into this crippling airline. And you take a look at some of the things that have been going on at SAA and in terms of mismanagement, in terms of corruption, in terms of some of the issues that the unions have raised in terms of the procurement corruption that happened at SAA. Those are some of the fundamental problems that South African Airlines face. You listen to the State Capture Commission. There was a whole month dedicated to the airlines industry and you look at some of the the stuff that happened at SAA is quite puzzling, very shocking, especially under Dudumieni. Not just her, but there were other people behind her who were sort of leadership um qualities and leadership at SAA that really, really failed the South African Airlines. So this is this is this was at the beginning of where the problem started at SAA, sort of from a leadership point of view. Mm. And of course we then heard about restructuring and again, nothing new. We know uh, there have been, you know, turnaround strategies, uh, more than 10 of them over the years that, that, that SAA were supposed to have embarked on, but have come to naught, really. Yes, indeed. Um, you look at, for instance, the, uh, the, the former CEO who left. I think these are some of the issues he was, he was kind of like faced with. But then SAA is a, is a state-owned, I mean, the shareholders are government. I think there's also been a lot of political interference in how the state airline was supposed to be run. You look at uh, corporate governance, for instance, failures in corporate governance and the, the huge money that left SAA in terms of corruption. You look at what they're saying now. I mean, this means... You know, the financially crippled airline will know how to face this drastic restructuring, which they've been talking about for years. But this 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 particular time, it's going to be done through a business practitioner. What essentially this means is that it could have possible liquidation implications to the airline because business practitioners say only 80 percent of businesses that have that have been put in business um, rescue actually succeed. It doesn't mean that it won't have I mean, it won't succeed. It could 
but then there is a possibility that it could be liquidated as well. And obviously the loss, the, the, the saddest thing about this whole situation is the loss of hundreds of jobs at South African Airlines, which the unions last month were marching and demonstrating outside the headquarters at Kempton Park to try and avoid. So this now looks like it's, it's, it's not going to be avoided. Uh, potentially also job losses uh, through this business, restructure, uh, business rescue uh, going forward. And, and which are the, you know, greatest cash consuming elements of this business? I would say, I mean, if you listen to some of the strategies and some of the, um, uh, you know, the things that South African leadership has been putting out there was the Rand dollar exchange in the past. And then you've looking at it's a really difficult business to run. I mean, if you look at it from um, it consumes a lot of petrol and oil is driven by outside forces. You know, it's not controlled internally. You had a you had a, a, a time where the prices of Brent crude oil went skyrocketed to over 100 US dollars a barrel. They've now leveled up to about 50, 60 US dollars a barrel. So you're looking at those um, dynamics within the airline industry. You're looking at the, the issues of the technicality. You know, they need to keep up with technology. They have to make sure that the, the planes are up to date. They have to make sure that the planes, the models are, are, are you know, are current. So quite a very difficult business to run when you take all this into consideration, jet fuel, um, technical aspects of it, and obviously paying, um, you know, very high qualified stuff. I mean, talking about um, pilots and talking about technical, SAA technical as well. So these, these are not just small jobs. You can get somebody just from outside. It's highly qualified, skilled uh, personnel as well. So these are some of the issues that they were faced with. But I think the biggest constraint had been the fluctuating prices of, of, of petrol, obviously, Brent crude oil, which affected their business. And just a reaction uh, from some of uh, the relevant role players to this announcement? There has been mixed reaction, obviously, some of them saying that this needs to be privatized in the in the wake of this announcement. And some saying it took government so long they could have rescued this airline when the, the, the pockets of, um, you know, you know, financially crippling things started incurring at this airline when they started seeing the financial, I mean, they haven't, they don't even have a financial statement um, in terms of their report. We haven't seen this for the past two years. That just shows you how badly um, financially constrained this airline is. You look at last month when the unions went on strike, they couldn't even uh, function. Um, you can't have a business where your your staff goes on strike and you, you suddenly cannot function. That means it is in a really, really, really bad situation. So we have had very mixed, um, you know, sort of statements from different bodies and different analysts and different um, industry players. I mean, Akram, thanks so much. Our economics reporter there on uh, what's happening at South African Airways. So uh, to try and help us wade through um, all of the fluff in uh, this particular story, we joined on the line now by accountant and commentator Kaya Sitole. Kaya, good afternoon and thanks for speaking to us. Good afternoon and good afternoon to the listeners. Uh, first off, let's just establish and, and, and make it absolutely clear. Uh, what does it mean for a company to be placed uh, on business rescue? So what it means for a company to be placed under business rescue is that its current custodian, being the board of directors, has identified that either through operational challenges or financing challenges or external challenges, 
they are no longer able to execute on their duty, which is to run the company to the best interest of all its stakeholders. Now, when that happens, then the reality then becomes, what should we do with the company? And when you take it under a business rescue process, it is you raising the white flag, saying that there is definitely something that needs to be done. However, in order for us to do that, we're going to need to be protected from what you might call the creditor claims and everything else that people will simply be demanding from the company. So what a business rescue process does is that it buys you a form of insulation because as soon as you're under business rescue, you are able to restructure and reorganize your affairs and then emerge on the other side, go back to the other stakeholders and say, this is where we started, this is what we've discovered, and for us to carry on as a business, this is what we need to do differently. So it's really a process of managing the reorganization and the restructure of a company, but the importance of putting it under business rescue is that it buys you some form of legal insulation that you otherwise wouldn't have. Kaya, some would argue that given the SAA's very well-documented woes over the years, why did it take this long then to come up uh, with a solution of this kind or to come up with this particular solution to place uh, SAA under business rescue? The solution itself is not due, but the implementation of it is probably what we should be asking why it took so long. And the reality here is that for as long as SAA was not in a position to make a profit, this was always a possibility. So what has happened historically is that as soon as you identify the trigger or the red flag, your first recourse as managers and as um, directors of the business is to say, can we fix this based on the skills that we have and the resources that we have? And in some cases, the answer is yes, you can fix it. In the alternative, if you feel that you do not have adequate resources at your disposal to fix it, then you simply go back to your shareholders and say, look, in order for us to carry on forward, we need additional assistance. That's where what you'd call equity injections and capitalization or even bailouts come in. Now, when you are no longer in a position to do it yourself, which is option one, when you've lost the ability to go to the shareholder, which is option two, it is when you activate this idea of a business rescue because this is the one that says we failed in all the other avenues where we could have sought assistance. Let us now actually restructure the business, but with this form of legal protection that gives us the breathing space to do the things that we think need to be done. So what does that mean exactly, especially when one talks to the day-to-day operations of the airline? So what that will mean is that, unfortunately, the way business rescue processes work is that you want to be able to still generate the revenue. You still want to be able to be able to sell the things that you sell. Now, that's easy if you're selling a lot of bread and there's a daily demand for it. What makes the airline business unique is that it's really based on a long-dated faith where somebody says, I've got Easter holidays next year, I want to fly to a particular destination, can I pay FAA right now and hope that they're alive at Easter to actually fly me around? So the problem here is that operationally, no one is going to say we've ceased trading, but the confidence and the ability of people to believe that FAA will be able to fly them in Easter or July or whenever is going to be so severely dented. People are just going to stop buying tickets unless, un- until at least the business rescue practitioner comes up with a plan of saying, actually, from what I've done as a research, I can guarantee that we'll be flying for the next six months, for the next 12 months. In the absence of those particular tangible milestones, it's very difficult to imagine anyone would gamble and buy a ticket with SAA. 
Remember, in addition to that, when people do buy tickets, there's always a risk that an airline won't fly on a particular day, which is why they all come with some form of insurance. And that insurance simply says, if you get stranded, we're going to step in, we'll get another airline to fly you back. Unfortunately for SAA, we heard last week that the insurance providers have actually ceased supporting SAA tickets, which means that if anyone takes the risk of buying an SAA ticket today, they're taking the type of gamble that they cannot be insulated from should SAA not be able to fly them. But what about the plan? Um, you know, do we know what the plan is going forward? Because, yes, you place it under business rescue, but there has to be a plan. Uh, have, has anyone seen it? Do we know what it is? No, the plan does not exist because what has to happen first is that you have to appoint a business rescue practitioner. And the important thing here is that this is a person who should come in with no legacy attachments, with no preconceived ideas of what ought to happen. They need to look at the business on a standalone basis, identify what resources are there, identify what opportunities are there, and then actually say, this is what we need to do going forward. The most dangerous thing would be for this person to simply inherit what already exists because it is those things that have been drafted, that have been put forth, that are not working. So what you want is a person to have an an open mind and simply say, never mind what has happened in the past, what do I need to do going forward? So the roadmap can only be drafted after that person has taken some time to study the business, has taken some time to study the dynamics, engage with stakeholders, and then say, this is the way forward. So unfortunately, the answer is there is no business plan until at least you appoint a business practitioner. Interesting. We'll come. We'll definitely keep an eye on that development. But also, just finally, with regard to the timing, Kaya, um, and and I've lost Kaya there because I wanted to ask him because initially it was solidarity uh, that actually you know um, instituted this uh, notion of a, um, a business rescue, and then they said that SAA should be uh, put into business rescue. Uh, to which uh, government actually uh, opposed that uh, by forwarding legal documents to solidarity, indicating that they will oppose that application. So what has happened? Where's the turnaround? So I suppose, as Solidarity would argue, it is therefore not correct to say that this was a voluntary action on the part of government, uh, given that uh, they were perhaps pressed in some way uh, to come up with this particular solution.